So we come on Sundays to be inspired, to hear about the perennial truth that we can embody and use to transform our lives. So I'll invite Reverend Patrick Cameron forward, who is the one that allows us to transform ourselves by sharing these truths. Good morning and welcome. I'm going to invite you to join me in a song. And if you'd like to stand, that's wonderful. And if you'd like to stay seated and keep sleeping, that's wonderful too. So whatever, whatever works for you. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very And so know with me in this moment, this is the only moment, one life, one power, one infinite divine presence, activity. Let us step into that collectively and individually in a way that is just wonderful to say yes. Yes to all of it. Bring ourselves in this present moment. Yes to all of us, knowing that the seeds that we plant in this moment bear powerful and beautiful and nurturing fruit, not just for ourselves, but for everyone. So I celebrate this day. I celebrate this, this transformational teaching a teaching that allows each and every one of us to step into a greater expression of life in every area. I give thanks for that, knowing that with that impressed upon this infinite law that always says yes, that the how is taken care of. And I continue to nurture the what in my awareness. And for this I give thanks. I bless this day. All that has been, all that is, and all that is yet to be expressed, I give thanks. And together we say, and so it is. So please be seated. And thank you for joining me in that prayer. It's wonderful to be a part of it and, and just to feel the, 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 the vibration continue to grow and shift and change as we move along throughout our morning. And the music is such a beautiful part of that. And I thank our choir for being here today and for Anna Beaumont and for Martin and all of our beautiful musicians. Brian McLeod is in the front row taking his shoes and socks off right now, which I don't know what that's all about, but I'm sure there's a reason. <laughs> He's just getting comfortable. <laughs> He's already heard the talk once. He's just getting really comfortable this time. And Gord Oaks is with us today playing our drums, and I'm going to blow it on the, the, the bass player. Josh. Thanks, Josh, for being here. Anyway, thank you all. Karen Porca as well playing the horn. It's sweet. So anyway, today is a wonderful day. Our, our year here really begins in September because we, people come back from holiday and, and all the things that we get busy doing, and and uh, our, 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 our accredited classes begin in September. And what we want to do today to begin our celebration is to really honor those people that have walked the path 
and, and done such uh, wonderful things in terms of not just individually but collectively. As Dr. Holmes used to say, that there's no private good. And as we continue to deepen in our connection and our application of that connection in a new way, change our thinking, change our lives, to learn how to think is to learn how to live. So we want to acknowledge our, our, the students that went through our Science of Mind 100, 200, 300, and 400 this past year. And what I'm going to do is invite Reverend Catherine Cardinal to come up as a representative for all of our teachers, all of our ministers and practitioners that have helped support this, this effort. Because really the, the core of what we do is, is really about that um, education and sharing that in a way that's powerful and wonderful. And many of these people have stayed for the second service, so you may see some of them grab their flower and leave. And hopefully you don't interpret that as a reflection on what I have to share. But many have been here for the first service, and we asked them if they possibly could be here for the second and, and then uh, before they get on with their day. And I, it's really um, my honor and privilege to name these names. And as we point to, these are really some heroes that we have here and the work that they do and, the, and to watch their lives blossom in, a, in an amazing and wonderful way is, is quite an honor to be part of that. So I would like to acknowledge... Uh, once again, our first-year certificated students, they completed four of the required classes to receive their certificate, and they are the following people. And as they come forward, we've asked them to come forward to receive a flower from Reverend Catherine Cardinal, and then to just simply stay here, and we'll give we'll applause, some applause at the end for all of them. Alice Elliott, Allison Fountain, Bob Yance, Brown Anderson, Tori Green, Karen Yance, Les Lefay, Audrey McGuire, Peggy McFall, Jim O'Neill, Jim was here earlier, I think he's left, Sherry Gibson, Sue Hodge, I know Sue's here, Teresa Belter, saw Teresa earlier, and Tonya Gully. Is Tonya here? Our second year certificates that we are honoring uh, people with and acknowledging their, their uh, commitment today. There's nine. There's York Becker, Joyce Sinclair, Hope Wright, Karen Yance, Louise DeCoss, Alice Elliott. Alice has got a first and a second year. She had classes that overlapped, and she was able to complete both of them this year. Dave Rochefort and Daniel Saker. And Daniel's here, I know. And Dave's coming up. Dave was golf. Dave Rochefort. Uh, he's a golfer. I played golf with Dave. He's a golfer that yells four, takes six strokes, and writes down five. <laughs> our third year certificate, Science of Mind, these are our practitioner students, and this is, this is a year and a half, two year process for them with their internship. Our Gary Buckingham, Julie Bull, Murray Gibbs, Celeste Givens, Barb Gobert, who is not here today. Carmen, Carmian Owen, Terry Triska, and Linda Wolf. Yeah. And we have two more. We have three new ministers that have been licensed and approved by our Board of Education and Credentialing with the, our home uh, organization that have been on this journey, and, and these students have all been here longer than I have been here. And it's really quite a wonderful rite of passage. And I want to acknowledge our Science of Mind 400 ministerial graduates, uh, Julie Tukacic, Tammy Banting, and Sue Stevens, who's not here today, but she's here in our hearts. So let's 
Round of applause for everybody. Thank you all so much. Thank you for being here, folks. Thank you once again. And I think it's appropriate that we do honor everyone. And thank you, Reverend Catherine, for your help and support with that. And I'll let everybody get settled. Where are you all going? Anyway. Well, today... The, the sharing is entitled, uh, Does This Look Familiar? And the, the reason that I, I think it's uh, appropriate is that and the uh, great example of it is in the movie The Parenthood, with, which starred Steve Martin and Mary Steenburgen. And one of my favorite movies, if you've ever seen it. And just such an insightful and wonderful slice of life. But at the end of the movie, the grandmother is sharing her, her experience and insight with, with the uh, other members of the family. And... Uh, she says, you know, life is either a merry-go-round or a roller coaster. And so, if this looks familiar, when I was a kid, I did not want to go on the merry-go-round. Because a couple loops around, I saw everything I knew I was going to see. And the, and the, the view probably wasn't going to change. And, and so, if, are we doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results is another way of saying that. And one of the reasons I think it's appropriate for today's sharing is that the only way that our conditions shift and change with any degree of sustainability is the shift in consciousness. And for all of us, I th- and I think for the majority of us in this room agree with that. That has been my experience in my life. This teaching, as I shared last week, didn't save my life, it gave me my life. And one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about what we do here is because I want to support others in regaining their lives and I've watched a lot of people that aren't even aware of the possibilities and the opportunities because there's been so much conditioning away from this idea that we actually do have uh, a part to p- play and participate in the quality and the nature of our experience. But what we know and what we support here is consciousness precedes experience. But it requires, it requires the spiritual coin to help make that shift. And one of the ways that we have the opportunity to... We're all coming back in. This is cool. One of the ways that we, we, we do that is through shifting the way that we think, that we approach life. I've been using Norm Bouchard's book, uh, 29 Questions to the Ordinary Life. And in it, uh, one of the things that I looked at this week in inspiration was this idea that he tells a story of Cowboy, Cowboy Bob in this this week. And or Cowboy Joe. It's Cowboy Joe. And Cowboy Joe, he's in Denver, Colorado, and he's doing pastoral care in a, in a hospital. And he realizes that um, as he's working with this man, he happens to be in the hospital, and he's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to make his transition. It's another way that we would say that. Because we don't believe death is the end. It's just simply a, a stepping over another threshold, that life is ongoing. Dr. Holmes, our founder, said life is an outward and upward spiral. And I think that's true. And that's why it's so important, I think, also to be awake and aware on this planet at this time. And so the waking up many times is uncomfortable. But in the, uh, the interaction he had with Cowboy Joe, what, what transpired was that Cowboy Joe's son was outside the room and he was frustrated because, in, and so he, in his duties as the, in the pastoral care, he went to Joe's son and said, what's up? But he said, I'm just so resentful because that SOB in there has never told me he loved me. 
And so he went in and he talked to Joe. And he said, Joe, you know what? Do you love your son? And he said, yeah, of course I love him. And he said, well, why don't you tell him that? And so he brought the son in the room and Joe looked at him and said, you tell him. <laughs> and he said, no, no, Joe, you tell him. And so there was this reconciliation. And he said it was this, this healing of the resentment and the, the disappointment that they both had carried. There was a falling out a number of years beforehand. And he said the son actually got into the bed and held his dad. And it was just, you know, quite a wonderful experience to watch that and to witness that. But it is the shifting of consciousness. And when we can, we, when we can make the conversation real and be present with it and bring a new idea and a new awareness to it and plant a new seed in this moment, because this is the only moment, amazing things and magical things can happen. But it requires that courage and that willingness. And it's not easy. I know it's not easy. Last week we, 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 we sort of got off track here in terms of how we, we do things. And it just sort of, the system sort of broke down on us, went in a direction that it hasn't gone in a long time. And, but it was an opportunity for myself as well as every, a number of people within the community to, to re-examine and look at how we're doing things. What I know about things like that is they really are opportunities. It's change asking to happen. And there's a, a huge amount of shifting and changing going on right now within our culture. But it's all wonderful and it's all powerful. And I just want to thank, you know, last week I said, well, I'm going to be in the bookstore. Well, there were people who were stepping up to help in so many wonderful ways. And I just, what I know about this community is people want to help and they want to give and they want to share their gifts. And that's never been a, there's never been a lack of that. It's just been able to manage it well and, and help support people. And all the people that have, been, have uh, continued to volunteer. So I'm so grateful. And I'm so grateful to get through that experience. And I wanted to share, there's a wonderful book that Audrey Mae Colwell uh, introduced me to a few years back called The Mandala of Being by Dr. Richard Moss. And she just asked me between services, can we bring him? I said, well, well, we'll look at that. That's probably a possibility. But he's a wonderful teacher. And in his book, he talks about, he quotes, he quotes uh, a spiritual teacher. And I'll look forward here. I want to give you the name correctly. Ramana Maharishi. And he said, if we want to know our true selves, we must go back by the way that we have come. If we want to know our true selves, we must go back by the way that we have come. And what he talks about in this chapter, and I'm, I'm bouncing around in this text, the, the mandala of being a bit, is that when we're born, Don Miguel, Ruiz, Don Miguel Ruiz says that we are born wild and free, you know, unconditioned by things. And then we have experiences, we have life experiences, and, and we get domesticated. <clears throat> but when we're wild and free, and, and Richard Moss says that when we are in, when we're newly born, we're not conditioned by these things that pull us out of this state of awareness, this state of, of connection and oneness. Our whole practice, the whole practice of uh, the science of mind and, and, and teaching is the healing of the sense of separation. Because we're never separate. We are always connected. We are never separate. And yet we feel separate many times. And so what he talks about in this, in the, throughout this book is this idea of the power of now, like Eckhart Tolle's work. But he actually has some tools in there that I think are quite powerful and wonderful. And he talks about that what we tend to do when we, we lose track of ourselves or we start to collapse, he calls it collapsing into our emotions. Many times what happens, we go in four different directions. We can go to the future, we can go to the past, or we can go, go to the subject or the object. The subject refers to me, and the object refers to you. We can objectify one another. And really, at, the, at the, the spiritual level, the spiritual conversation, the reality of things is there's only one. We are, we are all individualized expressions of the one. 
And so how important it is to be standing in that oneness and have practices in our lives that bring us back. That's why meditation is so powerful. To have solid meditation practice in our lives is so powerful. And it's a gift to everyone when we show up present. And it's a gift to everyone when we're so fully present in the moment, in the vibration. It's a, it's a vibration. It's a light. You know, um, Rumi, Anna inspired this idea this morning, but Rumi's great love in his life was Shams of Tabriz. And I don't believe they were, they were lovers, but they were in love with one another as friends and companions. And Shams' name means light in, his native, in that native language. But it's that light. It's that connecting at that light. And it sounds esoteric, and it sounds airy-fairy, but you know what? At the end of the day, man, we're going to live, I don't know, I'm planning on living until I'm at least two, 300 years old. But <clears throat> I may not get there, but that's my plan in my head. But the point is, I don't want to live that long without continuing to, to do this work because it is such powerful work, and it's important for us to do it. And so when you invest in this, and then you bring that to your family, and you bring it to your work, and you don't have to sell anybody anything. You don't have to convince anybody of anything. It's to just show up silently and beautifully, grounded in the truth of who and what you are, and people get it. So what Richard Moss in his book says, we either subje- we subjectify, we objectify, we go to the future, we go to the past. And he said one of the tools, it's very simple, but one of the tools to keep us from collapsing into the emotions of the, of the, the moment. Because what it does, when we collapse into the emotions, it pulls us out of present moment. And one of the gifts that Science of Mind has brought in the, and affirmative prayer has done in my life, every time I do it, when we stand together and we do the prayer, and every time I do it uh, individually, Throughout my day, it shifts and changes me. The colors get brighter. It feels like the lights go on. I see you're in relationship more fully. This is, and this is exactly the experience that Richard Moss is describing in his book. When we bring ourselves back over and over again, as he says, when we, when we bring ourselves back over and over again into the immediate present, to do so we must become present with what we are feeling and we're thinking. And the key phrase that he uses so that we don't collapse into it, rather than saying, I'm tired or I'm frustrated or I'm, I'm just so happy, I'm bursting with joy, because they're both two ends of the same uh, continuum. He said, make the declaration that here am I. Here am I spinning in the frustration. Last week, you know, when, when things sort of went a little bit sideways here for us, uh, here am I spinning in the frustration of, of, of things sort of breaking down. But I didn't, uh, didn't dive into it. And I didn't make it uh, a pity party, but I was identifying and making the conversation real with what was real. Because I think as a community, we need to have, keep making the conversation real. And, and to realize where, and for Laura and I, really, where do we need to shift and change how we're doing things? How do we need to shift and change the things that are unfolding here? And it's an ongoing process. Year in and year out, every, every year we, it changes. We have to reassess and look at that. But that's just healthy process. As I said, challenges are, are change wanting to happen. And we are a... a, a a teaching that believes that something, something grander and something more powerful is wanting to be given birth. But birth, as we know, sometimes is, is, uh, there's friction and it can be painful. But if I collapse into the pain, I can't be present to what wants to happen. So I brought up a picture of, well, it's settled a bit. But I think this is a great example of our, our consciousness. Now, I don't want anybody drinking this afterwards because I went out, I filled it with clear water and I put a little dirt in it. And so it's fairly, you know, it's fairly, you can't see through it, but it has settled. And I think when we are in class, 
when we have meditation practice solid in our lives, when we're doing affirmative prayer, when we start to spin and say, you know, I'm going to bring myself back to this present moment, and I'm going to use the phrase that, that Reverend Patrick shared with me, here am I. Because I don't want to own it, I don't want to collapse into it. But if we're having a bad day, to, to honor how we're thinking and how we're feeling. It seems paradoxical, it's not to deny it, but it's simply to honor where we are, and it leaves, us, it leaves a bit of separation when I say, here am I, and when you do that rather than to affirm, I'm broke, I'm poor. And it's very important because we activate this law with our thinking, with our words. And here am I, whatever it may be. Here am I, worried about my retirement. Is there going to be enough? Here am I, worried about my grandkids. Are they going to be safe? How are they going to end up? Laura and I just said goodbye to Davis yesterday. He's going to, he went to Germany for a year. And I said, now are you going to call us once in a while? Because like, he's, he's very self-directed. And he's spent time away before, and it's, it's like, I, I think he's doing okay. It'd be great to hear from him. So we, yesterday I said, would you, at least every couple of weeks, you know, give us a shout and see how you're doing. And we'll stay connected with him. But it's not to collapse into the fear, but to understand, and also to have the conversation and help support everybody. But when we collapse into the fear, when we collapse into the emotions, when I, and I hope you get what I mean by collapse, that all of a sudden it takes us over. Our consciousness and our awareness goes from settled to what we do is we stir this all up. And it just gets so murky and so muddy, we can't see anything. And then when we try to do our spiritual practice and we do our affirmative prayer, but we're doing it from a consciousness that looks like this, we spin in it and we're on the merry-go-round. And we keep going round and round and round. And it really requires radical, radical commitment to transformation. That's been my experience. And what has usually happened in my experience, and I tell you it's not necessary, but it's usually been my experience is it gets so painful that I can't, I can't leave it that way anymore. But what's happened over the years for me is that when those things start to show up, because it used to be a way of life, when they start to show up, I have enough spiritual practice and I'm surrounded by enough people that are awake and aware that it helps me pull myself out of it sooner rather than later. So when you come here, see, my, I, I love... I told last night, Laura, was, Laura and I were together, and I, just, I gave her a hug, and I said, I love this moment. I love this moment. And, and, I, and I thought, because it's the perfect moment. I, and I love this moment, to be in love in this moment. And by that, what I mean is that my heart is open in your presence. But if I'm spinning in this, and I say that, I'm just announcing. I'm not being it. I'm just announcing. It's just empty. Why can one person get up and share I've watched this at our Asilomar conference. One minister can get up and share some ideas and you just feel so drawn to it and so alive and so inspired. And another person can get up 15 minutes later and do the same, almost the same talk and they're, 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 the magic's not there. And it's not a criticism. But all of us can spin and collapse into the emotions and then we're not, we're not expressing from that divine light, from that divine flow. And so the, the classwork is so powerful. I just honor all these students that have made the commitment to this. And to watch your life shift and change. To watch people have greater peace in their lives. To have people be able to pull themselves. I had a wonderful conversation this week with someone that was spinning in something that happened. And I said, well, what's happened is you've collapsed into it. But, he, you know, we talked. And he said, but, you know, it's interesting. I called. I needed you to call me. And over a period of hours, he said, then I got through it. And I said, well, see, this is a reflection of doing the work. And you pulled yourself back. So we had the, I, I validated and acknowledged the process. It's not that we stop being human. We just become more divine in our humanness. And it's powerful. It's wonderful. 
To move towards the center is to return to the source. And that's exactly what Dr. Holmes said. Heal the separation. There's one life. It's God's life. It's my life now. It's one life. And work with that and work with that idea. And I find that sometimes I need to work with that idea until it becomes real for me. Until I can convince myself of that truth. Because it is the truth. Our minds become stronger as we do this. We have greater powers of attention and awareness. This is true. This automatically enables us to regard ourselves with much greater objectivity and to be inherently less identified with our old stories. Just like Cowboy Joe and his son. They had to put the old story down. And it's a beautiful thing. We carry true authority, the authority that comes from a growing connection to our essence. And not that which is borrowed from diplomas or other culturally sanctioned achievements. It is an authority that is not imposing, but humble, amused, kind-hearted, and forgiving. Aren't those beautiful qualities? Because we don't have to prove anything to anybody. We just show up. And you, when you show up and you're on, on fire with your own life, people know it. And it's such a, an amazing experience. And, and then the, the, the inspiration, the genius that's wanting to show up, Catherine Cardinal, we were visiting this week, and she had this amazing insight. She said, I think it's time for us to revisit the big leap. Because what wants to happen here, we were drawn to that book, not just me, we were drawn collectively to that book this year. And so the things that are showing up are are the, the call for us to make that big leap, to move this organization, not just physically and emotionally, but spiritually, to the bigger idea. And this is a powerful group of people. And a generous group of people. And, a, and a, the, the collective wisdom is amazing. And I just said to her, that's genius. There's genius showing up. Because I was going to do it in December. I said, we're going to do it in October. Because it's time. And I thought, as soon as she said it, this rush went over me. I said, yes, yes. And when people are sharing wisdom with me, and, and we're, we're having that exchange, Dr. Holmes said, when deep calls on the deep, deep answers. But we're, we're grounded in that. When you show up and you're not... In the past, you're not in the future. You're not subject, objectifying or subjectifying. You're more available to that, that flow of energy and that insight and that awareness and the genius. I don't know about you, but that's where I want to live. Because I've lived in the other places way too much. And so part of it for me is to, to affirm for myself that this infinite intelligence within me is guiding and directing me and bringing me back whenever I forget. And then when I find myself going there, one of the tools I used to pull myself back this week, because I was spinning in it, I was starting to collapse into it, just because of, you know, you get tired sometimes, you love stuff, and when you love and you're passionate, it's easy to get caught up in it and do it 24-7. But this place doesn't need 24-7. You know what? <clears throat> if I leave this sitting here long enough, it'll clear up on its own. I just have to keep stirring it. I not stir it anymore. Isn't it interesting? All it requires for clarity in my life is stop spinning out and, and creating the, the whirlwind and trusting in that. But if we've never had the experience or if it's a new experience for us, I watch people all the time come in and they start doing affirmative prayer and they start having demonstrations in their life and they freak out. How much good can you get away with? You want to have the right the RPM in your life? <clears throat> the right and perfect mate? And you start praying for it and all of a sudden people say, oh, and, and then he or she showed up or he and she or he or she left. And it works both ways. If you're praying for the right and perfect thing to happen and something leaves, that's an answer to a prayer as well. <laughs> some bless us by coming, as Reverend Sue Rubin says, and some bless us by going. 
but it's true. And, and if we can do it from a sense of, of wonder and awe and look and step back from ourselves and rather than be immersed in it and collapse in it. This has been my experience. I, was, I, was, I grew up in a family of collapsers. It was one drama after another. And, you know, and we all can do that. I, I got a PhD in it. But I realize that it's not my, my highest form of participation. And I think we all want to live and we all want to live well and powerfully and wonderfully. I think we all share that. I think we all want to leave a, a, an environment and a planet that works for everyone. I think we want to move through the, the, the physical challenges that come in our lives, the emotional, the emotional challenges that come in our lives. I think we want to be an authentic and honest and truthful relationship because those things line up so beautifully with who and what we are. That's who and what we are. But we, there have been ideas that, that immersed in the culture of original sin. We're not born into original sin. We're born into original ignorance. And then we're culturally domesticated to be stupider and stupider and stupider as we go along. And that's, and, 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 but it, the lack of information, lack of insight is what I mean by that. But it's the culture, and we can participate in that. Ernest Holmes said that once you start to use this teaching, you pull yourself out of the law of averages. You pull yourself out of the law of averages. I love Stephen Cohen when he talked about someone asked him about his horoscope. He said, oh, he said, I outgrew my horoscope a long time ago. We, we are not destined in any way, shape, or form. We are not fated to something. What we are fated to or what we are destined to is the, the texture and the subjectivity and the nature of how we are interacting with this, this powerful, powerful law. And I find that most potent when we're present with one another and when we're honest and when we're, we're loving and compassionate. So I love this moment with you. Each moment becomes deeper, he says, Richard Moss, as we do this. Moment by moment, fully in all relationships, colors are brighter. The light seems to be alive. Every perception, every sensation is much richer. See, I know when I'm in that. I know when I'm, I'm playing, I'm, I'm dancing in that. Everything's brighter. As we move towards the center, the now position, life surprises us and we find ourselves all the more frequently falling into love. Forgiveness, gratitude, and compassion. So we need to know the symptoms. You know, when we start to get cough due to cold, it's the cold season. There's another great idea, flu season. You know what I, I'm realizing, too, is I can't spell anymore. Spell check? I was trying to write a note to somebody the other day and said, I really want to express my, uh, I am, I'm so ecstatic. And then I'm ecstatic. Oh, I'm so happy for you because <laughs> you made it through your, your, hysteric, your, hysteric, your stomach operation. <laughs> Have you noticed that? I'm, I, I used to be able to spell all the words. That was the one thing I could do when I was in grade school. I could get up and spell everything. I was always like the, one of the last guys we do the spelling bees. So I had a good memory. I love spelling. But now I can't spell anymore. Spell check. So these, these four quadrants, the past, the future, the you, the me. And once we start to understand their crucial relationship to the central now position, we can each learn to recognize the unique ways we abandon, how we abandon the present, and lose contact with the immediacy of our beings. And we all do it differently. It's unique for all of us, but we do it. What's, I think, important to remember is even, even though we do it uniquely, we can all pull ourselves back. Here I am having this experience. And you may, have to, you may find yourself being drawn to, to something that has gone on in your life that is still alive and powerful for you, but it colors everything. Just like this pitcher of water over here. 
it colors everything as soon as we go back into it and we stir it up again. And it isn't that we'll ever forget. We just want to grow beyond it and live beyond it. And what the great gift is when we've had those experiences of betrayal, we've betrayed another or been betrayed, perhaps. Or we've, we've, we've struggled with lack. Or we watch somebody in our family struggle with lack. Whatever it may be, we bring an awareness to it. And then we're able to say to them or to ourselves, these are the facts in my life right now. But whatever it is within my, my consciousness that I, need, that I choose to shift and change, I do it right here and right now. And we need to lighten up. We need to do this with great joy, with the anticipation something wonderful is happening here, because it is. You are a, a creative, thinking, powerful individual. We all are. And to own that and to honor that, not because we're unique, because that's who we are. There's a <clears throat> Nasruddin story I came across I wanted to share with you. Nasruddin was invited, he was uh, hired as a new professor at a very pre- prestigious university. And Nasruddin is a Sufi trickster and, and jokester and, and teacher. And Nasruddin shows up the evening of his, his installation, and uh, there's a, quite a crowd of people, just this auditorium filled like the Jubilee Auditorium filled. And as he walks in the door, they say, Great to see you. We're glad you're here. By the way, our keynote speaker won't be here tonight, and you're going to be our speaker. He says, really? And they said, yeah. So, you know, we're really happy you're here. He says, well, what's the topic, and how long do I have to speak? And they said, well, we would like you to talk about sexuality and marital bliss. And part of the reason we want you to talk about that is we know your wife's not here tonight. So you'll really, you know, be able to not be restricted by anything you you can really share openly probably a little more than you would if you were here. And he says, oh, really? Okay. 45 minutes, so he says, okay, I'm on. And so they introduce him, and he does this amazing, wonderful uh, speech for 45 minutes. And at the end, people stand up, and it's this just amazing uh, standing ovation, and it's just beautifully, beautifully done. And so he goes home, and the next morning he gets up, and his wife said, so how'd it go last night? And she said, he said, well, it went really well. As a matter of fact, I was the keynote speaker. And she said, really, what did you talk about? And he was really apprehensive because he, it was been very personal. He shared a lot of things he probably felt now he shouldn't have shared. But So he looked at her and he said, well, he said, I talked about, I talked about sailing. And she said, sailing? He said, yeah, I talked about sailing. She said, but you don't, you don't know anything about sailing. He says, yeah, I know, but they didn't know that. And it went really well, pulled it off really well. So that afternoon, the wife runs into a couple of ladies at the store that had been at the, the, the talk. And, uh, and so the lady said to Nazaruddin's wife, well, that was a wonderful talk last night. And we were so impressed. And, and Nazaruddin's wife said, well, you know, it, it is amazing because he's only done it twice. <laughs> and the first time he did it, his hat fell off. And the second time he did it, he fell over the side. It's always good to tell the truth. And be current. So we have an opportunity, whether we want to collapse, continue to collapse or not. And when, we, when we can catch ourselves. And what I encourage you to do is to continue to have spiritual practice in your lives. We don't have to become monks. We don't have to give up our lives. But when we immerse ourselves and we're around like-minded people that support one another, there's the power of the swarm in these classes as well. And something, you have to be a present at the assembly, as I talked about a couple weeks ago. There's a wonderful Rumi poem. That Rumi, everything Rumi wrote was all about the connection with the divine, with the beloved. And I wanted to share it with you today. Mm-hmm. And I had, the, I had the page marked. 
Here it is. It's called this. This we have now is not imagination. This is not grief or joy. Not a judging state or an elation or sadness. Those that come and go. This is the presence that doesn't. It's dawn, my friend. Here in the splendor of coral, inside the friend, is the simple truth of what Allah said. What else could human beings want? When grapes turn to wine, they're wanting this. When the night sky pours by, it's really a crowd of beggars, and they all want this. This that we are now created the body cell by cell, like bees building a honeycomb. The human body and the universe grew from this, not this from the universe and the human body. This is the essence. It is the beloved. It is the divine. It is the present moment. So if you find yourself still on the roller coaster, I'm still on the merry-go-round, I invite you to trade in that ticket and get on the roller coaster. And so it is.